All right. Well, welcome back. I want to welcome you to episode six of our Lobby Good Works podcast, live from the Lamar Advertising Recording Studio here at 500 Main Street, our headquarters. And this one is a personally special, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up for this one. We have, uh, we have a special treat today, and it's, it's probably something that you've never heard of. So I hope you do listen so you can learn more about this great thing in the Baton Rouge Capital Region. So I'm joined today by Deanna Whittle. And she is the executive director of the Emerge Center. Deanna, welcome. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking me to come, Stephen. Uh, anytime that I can speak about Emerge, it's just, it's so exciting. So um, I'm excited too, because I, I know this organization well, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I guess quickly, before we get into Emerge and what that does and all this, tell us a little, about, a little bit about Deanna. Oh, a little bit about Deanna. Well, <laughs> Deanna has been in, in healthcare for, gosh, over 30 years. Um, I, I started as a, as a nurse um, and worked at various organizations in town, moved into administration, and um, have just had a career of looking at facilities from an operational and financial standpoint, uh, clinical standpoint, and um, have had a, a varied background in from floor nursing to administration, starting up of new businesses within healthcare. Um, I've lived in Baton Rouge all of my life. Um, um, I have two grown adult children. Nice. I am going to be a grandmother. I just dated myself. <laughs> a grandmother in March. March well, 4th is our little girl. Congratulations. Due, so we are so excited about that. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, and I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a long time. And, and I, I, I'm well aware of the, the big impact you've made in healthcare throughout your career. Um, but a couple of years ago, you decided to pivot. You decided to leave the, 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 the clinical setting and get into a little bit of a, of a different administrative role at Emerge. So let's get right into that. So what exactly is Emerge? Because in my mind, it's one of the biggest, you know, best kept secrets in the capital region. So what is the Emerge Center? Oh, gosh, Emerge is a hidden gem. It is. It, it truly is. Um, when I think of Emerge, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emerge gives hope to individuals and children, families, who have received a diagnosis of autism or a communication challenge. Um, we work closely with the families. Um, when a child receives a diagnosis of autism, uh, the family receives that diagnosis. And, and you know that, Stephen, yeah. um, in your heart. It's, um, it's devastating to, some, to, to families because they don't understand. Right. It's the unknown. So we work closely with them. Uh, we provide what we feel is a very intensive uh, therapy session for the child. Um, Whether it's in group or individual um, therapy sessions, we provide speech therapy, occupational therapy, behavioral health, and a specialized um, therapy called ABA therapy, Mm -hmm. which is specifically for children with autism. Um, Emerge, we also have, um, and um, a lot of folks don't know about this hidden gem, as I like to call it, um, our Emerge School for Autism. Mm -hmm. The Emerge School... um, started um, really um, in 2018, the fall of 18, um, and it's the only charter school in Louisiana or in the South for children with autism. In the South? Right. Wow. Yes. And so we're excited about that. Which is amazing if you think about it because uh, you don't have to be touched by autism to be aware of the fact that it is a growing phenomenon. It comes up in more and more families. Even if you don't Mm -hmm. have it in your family, you probably know someone who does. It's amazing that with that much um, high prevalence out there, 
that this is the first charter school in the South, but it, it's something to be proud of here in Baton Rouge area. It is, it is. And we have so many uh, great supporters in town who see the need, who have saw the need. And um, our school, just to let you know a little bit about it, um, we have 48 children, and, and, and Stephen sits on our, our school board. Yeah. I know I can say that. Yeah, we full have, disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> we have 48 children. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're at uh, kindergarten through third grade. Uh, we'll be adding a grade each year to get up to fifth grade. Um, our hope is that to get the, the, the school viable to where we can actually add another 48 children and offer um, our services, our school, to 100 children in town because it's so heartbreaking. We have parents that fill out the application, and when you're only able to to take a few children in, right. and there's such a need, it's heartbreaking for me. And, and, you know, sitting with parents and knowing that this is the best opportunity for their child and so, so we, having to tell them no. And, and we've touched on a lot of services mm-hmm. under one roof, and that's kind of the brand mm-hmm. of Emerge. So. Let's let's go back a little bit to that to that entry point, if, okay. if if we can, because it's obvious that the Emerge Center is a multifaceted organization that does a lot of different things. So let's talk about the entry point. I'll give you a, you know you referenced our personal example. I'll kind of you know go back to two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You know my wife and I, we're the proud parent of three boys. Our middle son was showing some delays, and so we went in kind of uh, as confused, not sure where to go. That there are some issues that a child can have. A parent knows exactly where to take their kid. Um, there are others where you're not sure where to turn. And so we stumbled into this place called the Baton Rouge Speech and Hearing Foundation at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a place that was really focused on hearing delays, speech delays, et cetera, but had grown a local reputation as also being able to help um, uh, with ABA therapy and those that maybe were on, were on the autism spectrum. And so we stumbled in there confused, not knowing what we were facing, not knowing what kind of specialists were available to help. And Baton Rouge Speech and Hearing really quickly kind of grabbed our hand, grabbed our son, not just helped him advance, but also showed us a pathway. And I think that's the big thing that Emerge mm-hmm. does is that parents walk through this confused. And you don't when you see signs, you don't know what do you do. Is it, is it, is it a pill? Is it a treatment? Right. Do you just accept it? Do you fight it? Do you work at it? And Emerge is a really good way of like bringing that parent in and kind of being their, their, right. their like life coach through this. So, um, Talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned all services under the roof, but talk a little bit about how Emerge tries to be almost that, um, you know, that partner with a parent to help them navigate through this. Right. Um, from what you and uh, your wife experienced, um, that is so true. Um, parents come through our doors, and they don't know what to expect. They don't know what the future brings for their child, and they're just asking for someone to guide them. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have found through research is that, and, and this is our model, Bringing children in as early as age two, once they receive the diagnosis, is the best way to get the child on the right track, and meaning so that they can excel. Um, we know children who have a diagnosis of ASD are, are various, it's called a spectrum disorder, because you right. can have children that are very high functioning and that are, are not so high functioning um, on the end of the spectrum. And so what we do is we come up, our team sits with the family, we map out a plan that is best suited for that child. Um, And that plan will include some individualized therapy um, and some group therapy for speech, OT, ABA, and behavioral health. Um, We like to have the families 
close together. We do a lot of parent training because what will happen is children with autism are no different than a child who doesn't have autism when it comes to a child having needs or being able to manipulate the parents to say, <laughs> right. um, trust me, I know that one. Well. <laughs> yes. Um, this is what I really want. And right. I can get mom or dad to jump and do yeah. this for me. And so we help the parents. It's a lot of parent education because um, let's, let's move beyond the fact that we have this diagnosis and let's see how we can be successful. Um, not just the child, but the parent. I think that's a good point. You mentioned ASD, the autism mm-hmm. spectrum disorder. Um, and I think that spectrum dynamic of, of autism is critical there. Uh, you know, if you if you line up three patients with broken legs, they kind of all have the same treatment mm-hmm. strategy for the most part. If you line up three students with ASD, autism spectrum disorder, it could be three completely different approaches to try to help fulfill that potential. And I think that's what makes them merge so special. Right. They know how to do that tailored approach mm-hmm. and not just give a, a plan on a piece of paper, but actually offer the services all under one roof to help implement that plan. Right. And and, and, you know, so many people in this region don't know about it, and so many people in other states don't have this in their community, which is amazing. And I do think it's a growing trend there. Right, right. As as we as scientists move forward and there's more diagnosing of autism, because at one point, folks did not know. Mm-hmm. You know, a child that did, did not, what folks may not realize is that 54% of our children, whether they're in the school or in the center, are nonverbal. And that's on one in the spectrum. Other children can be verbal. And folks did not know, why, why isn't this child verbal? Why can't this child perform these tasks from a, a muscular standpoint? Um, and now folks are that understanding the prevalence of autism is really um, showing in our society. So um, our team, what we do is um, we look at each child, like I said, individually, um, Goals for one child are going to be totally different right. than goals for another. You take a child who's nonverbal. Um, how can we, that child, that child becomes very frustrated in that if they can't express themselves, simple things like, I want something to eat, I want something to drink. Um, you know, I want to go outside. The kids are, they, you know, they want to go to that playground. So we have to give them the tools and the knowledge in a different way. What I share with folks is that communication isn't always verbal. You can communicate. I mean, you know, you can throw eyes at someone across the room and communicate. I've had them throw my way <laughs> quite a many times. Right. Yes. <laughs> so how can we get these little ones to communicate? We have various um, devices that we use, and one is a talker. And what it is is um, an iPad and with a, load it with a special software, and the child can push the icons on there and have a complete sentence, the voice come out of the iPad. And that alleviates the frustration. They can tell mom or dad right. that I want a cookie or, you know, what every parent wants to hear is I love you. Right. They can do that. And we tailor these for um, if you call you, the grandpa, papa, nana, grandma. Right. Um, we, you know, we work closely with the family. So you see that integration of our teams, that collaboration with our teams so that we can understand what's the best path to help this child and this family to move forward. So when Emerge first um, was, was rebranded into that, I guess, from the Baton Rouge Speech and Hearing mm-hmm. Foundation and kind of fully embraced their, their, their revised mission of, of being the regional, if not national leader on mm-hmm. autism, um, originally it was that early intervention. It was that age two through, you know, th- four or five. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to provide all services under roof, get those kids prepared for their next steps. But then a couple of years ago, 
you all took a look and said, you know, we still have some kids who at that age, they're not quite ready. They need more um, academic training with an understanding of autism. So you started the school portion of it and kind of tacked that on. I know you mentioned a little bit earlier, but talk about how that's how that's developed and, and how that's going for you. The school, um, I mean, we're very blessed to um, to been able to open the school. Um, what we're finding um, typically in any setting, whether it's East Baton Rouge Parish or um, a, a school district within another state, um, folks tend to put several children, um, 10, 15, 20 children, into a classroom setting with one teacher and one assistant, and, and in really an enclosed environment. And what we have fi- found is that by integrating therapy services along with a special education curriculum, um, children are doing very well. When I spoke earlier about having 48 children within the school, we had 18 children uh, transition out of our school and into other schools last year. Which is what you, you want we to want, see happen. We, right. want, we don't want to keep the children. Right. We want them to excel. We want them to be able to be integrated mainstream into schools with their siblings. We want them to get out, out of the car in that carpool line with their siblings. We, we want them to have the school celebrations with the other children. We don't want to keep them in a confined environment. And so what we have found, if we early on within the, um, the school-age child if we can have intensified therapy along with a special education curriculum, the child is going to excel. Now, um, excelling in, in every child looks different. Right. Um, as we stated before, some children will continue to use a talker. Other, others won't. Um, some children will be excel- have excellent math skills. Others won't. So th- w- when you look at our children they will always be just like any other child in your household. They're individuals. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, you know, how can I help this child become the best that they can be? How can I help them excel and work with the family? But the school, is, is it's going well. We have um, wonderful special education teachers. Um, they take such uh, the time that they take with the children. We typically in a classroom, we may, we have a two-to-one ratio. Mm-hmm. So if we have six children in a class, we may have four or five um, adults in the class, too. It depends on the level right. of the child. And But as you look as the children transition, we have less um, individuals in the class that are assisting them because we are working with the school that they'll be going to the following year transitioning to. So we want that environment in our classroom to look like the typical school setting. Right. And so you're, you're located Innovation Park Drive. You're, you're in the LSU Research Park, I guess, is, is one way to put it. Yeah. Um, is there a connection with LSU? Do you have students there? Do we they, do. Okay. We do. And actually, our students will be starting back in a couple weeks. Um, within, the, uh, within our school, we're going to have student teachers, which will be the first time, and they'll have a focus on special education. So we're excited about that. Um, but within our uh, our center, well, in our school too, we do have all the universities for um, st- um, students for for speech and OT um, and for some ABA therapy. So we're we're excited about that. And, and I think some of the attributes that make it so successful here, that the, the really interesting thing about Emerge is it can be replicated in other areas. I know yeah. we, we've brought leaders from other parts of the state in to take a look at it, and the biggest thing they say is, oh, wait, we need to build one of these in our region because the intangibles that work here, it really can work anywhere. Oh, and we're thankful for that. And actually, a group that you brought in from Monroe, um, we're working with them now. That's awesome. Um, to submit their charter. Um, we're, 
Um, we're, we've been having, you know, conference calls with them. They come into our school setting, whatever we can do. Because, you know, this is about caring for children, not just in our community, but throughout our state and other communities. And that's what's important. And um, I don't, we don't see it as competition, being competitive. It's about what can we do for these kids Absolutely. to help them um, get to that next level. So, so what are some of the um, challenges on the operational side? You know, you're, you're, you're obviously dealing with um, intensive therapies. It takes well-trained experts to deliver some of this. Um, also, uh, state laws and policies and district policies and all that stuff. You I mean you're you're interacting with so many different entities. What what is what is one of the um, what's some what's an issue that you want us to be aware of that maybe Louisiana should take a look at if they're going to make emerge type things um, become more fruitful? Is it is is it how is it how we fund education? <clears throat> is it healthcare reimbursement? Is it the way we bill for services? Is, is there any tips that we should be aware of and that policymakers should be aware? I think of? I think you hit those. Um, it's, it's the reimbursement through um, private insurance, private payers. Mm-hmm. Um, that, what we have to do, we fundraise mm-hmm. and, and to cover that gap because um, that we, of the dollars that we do not receive through, through private insurance. Um, because we know that our, and to all funding, we want to provide um, services for children, even if they don't, their family do not have the financial resources. And I love this aspect of Emerge, the fact mm-hmm. that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a healthy mix uh, of payer mixes, if you will. So. Right, right. It is, it is. But still, there's that gap because as yeah. I shared with you, it, even if a payer um, paid for speech or OT, we still have several individuals in that classroom setting or in that group therapy session that have to be there with mm-hmm. the children that are no one's going to reimburse from that. So fundraising helps us. And also for the different programs that we would like to see the children um, be a part of. Um, there are a lot of our team has been very creative, innovative, and and to helping the children be successful. But at the same time, that's where additional funds have to come into play. In our school setting, um, typically, uh, the we don't receive uh, enough funds to for the same in, in the same classroom setting at just like in our our center. In that we have so many individuals in the class. Um, that um, have to be there for the children. Because you have a child, if we receive a child who's never had therapy before, they don't know how to sit in a chair. They right. don't know how to interact with other, other kids. So what we have to do is we're putting those folks in the classroom because we're going to help these children. So the funds aren't there for that. So there are those financial gaps. And, and look, I'll just say from my perspective, I think that's what makes emerging another reason, <clears throat> excuse me, is so unique is that you're going to do whatever it takes to right. make the kids successful. Period, and then you'll figure out the financing on the back end. The way the state here funds special education is they put a portion in the funding formula that goes down to the local districts. <clears throat> the local districts have to comply with federal law and state law and put right. that towards special education. But you know, sometimes a, a district financial manager and a therapist in the room have a different perspective on what is sufficient for moving the needle on special needs education, and so. Um, I think if Louisiana truly wants to get serious about um, finding the potential in special ed, making these kids reach potential, it has to be more than a check-the-box approach as far as funding that um, and just um, hoping that the districts, you know, figure it out at the local level. There needs to be a a, a clear initiative on it. There is, and I I feel very good about the support that we're receiving from the new superintendent, and um, I'm hoping that that trickles to other areas that they— That's good to hear. 
that we will receive the support that the children, and not just the children that emerge, it's the children that are in all the districts. I mean, I think Louisiana needs to really look closely at the funding structure for our schools. Because there's so many, you know, when you look at special ed, I mean, there's so many skills that these kids have. When you hear special ed, you automatically think of a a ceiling for these kids. And what what we've learned as a family with ASD is that for every deficiency our son has, Man, he's got some other strengths. I mean, strengths that are a lot better than what I have. Right. My wife has, some other kids have, and so it's tapping into that healthy mix of potential there, which is the key. And y'all do that so well. So let's go back to the beginning to that confused parent, that parent that maybe they're seeing something, they're not sure where to go. What advice do you give to, <clears throat> to a parent who's got a young child and they're trying to figure out what should they be looking for if they need to go get their child checked? What are some of the signs they would see if they should go knock on a place like Emerge or go to their pediatrician? Give, give them some advice on that. Well, first of all, um, my advice is for them, if they have any concerns, seek out um, advice from their pediatrician first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, as you look at the child, typically what I share with parents because we go through this with, with parents who have newborns right now and who have a child within our program and they're concerned, could this child have ASD too? And I said, as you put the child into a carrier and, and you look at that child, is that child at a few months of following your finger, you know, following objects? Right. Is that child babbling? Is that child talking? Is that child clinging to you, cuddling? A lot of children with ASD, they don't. They don't, they don't hug back or snuggle. Um, that uh, being verbal, it starts very young in that they're not making the sounds. Um, You can see that when the child's a little bit older, they engage in parallel play and aren't interested in engaging in um, uh, just in social social skills with someone. Um, You can put a toy and try to get them to to play with you, and they won't. So those are just some easy signs for parents to pick up on. And, of course, all children – if they're not, if they're nonverbal, we suggest, and we do this within the center, um, as young as a few weeks, a few months old, is have a hearing test on the child. Right. Because is it hearing? Let's start ruling out. Let's don't jump to any diagnosis. Let's first start ruling out, you know, what could possibly be wrong with this the child developmentally and go from there. I think it's a great point. And y'all do have these audio labs within right. Emerge. You do. I mean, our son still goes get his hearing I'm, tested and his hearing aids looked at um, um, all the time in Emerge. And so mm-hmm. that is a that is a lifelong partnership for a lot of folks. Um, and I'll just tell you from a personal perspective, and if you're a parent and you're, you're not sure where to go and you're listening to this, uh, just to give you a little fast forward, um, when we first knocked on Emerge's door when Christopher was about two, I mean, literally, he spent most of his day spinning in circles, did not listen to uh, commands, Mm -hmm. was really, we we didn't know what would ever Mm -hmm. change. And to this day, I, you know, my wife just dropped him off in his ninth grade classroom. He's in a mainstream school. We feel like he's going to, he's going to finish with a diploma with with good marks. And so, you know, that's a light years different. Mm -hmm. And that came with a lot of hard work on our part, but really Emerge was a great life partner for us on that to, to kind of not just provide the high quality services, but also the coaching, the advice, the sounding boards, you know, that, that you need as a parent to kind of figure that out. So if you bring your child to that pediatrician, your pediatrician uh, may have background in ASD. Maybe they don't. They may have. So don't be scared to be a parent advocate. Right. Ask the tough questions. Get the second opinion. Go to a center to, to, to get tested. Uh, it's okay to be a little pushy when it's your kid at stake. Oh, yes. And, and so, definitely. Yeah. 
And and look, I I applaud parents um, because sometimes the the healthcare systems can be very challenging to navigate. Sure. So reach out to folks. Um, there are so many forums. There's so many Facebook pages, Instagram that folks can. Um, parents are very knowledgeable. They can help um, push other parents in the right direction. We receive a lot of referrals that way, just from one parent speaking to another. A parent just reaching out and saying, "Hey, this is going on with my child. What should I do?" Right. And um, that that cry for help, uh, a parent like yourself who has been there, I mean, you're right on there saying, this is what I think you should do. And so that's wonderful. Absolutely. Okay, so you mentioned fundraising as a gap earlier. So this is a good point in okay. the podcast to say, where can folks find out more about Emerge? And also, if they're, if they're moved to find out more, to come take a tour, maybe they want to to help you meet some of that fundraising goal. Where do they find you? Where do they go take a look on the web? Okay. Um just um, all of our fundraising, and if you'd like to come in and, and plan a visit, please go to our website. It's EmergeLA.org. You'll see on our foundation page um, all of our fundraising events are scheduled. Um, on November 12th, we have uh, the Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge Area Volunteer Activist Event that we host every year, and um, we're excited about that. That's one of our fundraisers. Um in the fall, we're still kind of iffy, Stephen, if we're, uh, depending on COVID um, and the response there, if we'll be hosting the gala in November. Now you got to have that. That's, I know. My, that's my annual costume. I know. Come on now. I know. But we have we have to wait and see how <laughs> the numbers look. All right. Thanks a so, lot, COVID. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, but no, but um, Shelton Jones, who is our, our director of our foundation, yeah. she's on top Fantastic. of it. She does an excellent job. But And then at the end of the year, we ha- we're a part of the community-wide, begins November 30th, 225. Um, the community event fundraising, which has been wonderful. Awesome. I think that is great um, that that was put together for nonprofits so we can all get together and everybody understands um, exactly what all the the nonprofits do in town. And that's where a lot of folks have learned about Emerge and how they can be helpful to us. Well, I want to thank you for not just coming in today and sharing some of the story of you and Emerge, but also just thank you for Every day waking up and, and, and putting your efforts and your talents towards this noble goal. Um, I know it's Thank making you. a difference, not just uh, in this city, but in this state. Um, and Emerge really is a beacon. So I encourage anyone with questions on ASD or any of the treatments that are available, go take a look over there. You'll be shocked to see how high quality it is going over there. Um, and please thank the, the the rest of the team and talented uh, oh, team members over there. You're, you're, you're filled with people who do oh, uh, miracles every day. So. They are. They are the most compassionate group of people that I've ever worked with. And, it, and it's it's a calling for them awesome. to, um, I feel, um, they're an inspiration to me. Uh, the work that they do is phenomenal. And we are really blessed to, to have such a wonderful team. Well, that was Deanna Whittle, Executive Director of the Emerge Center uh, here in the Capital Region, but also providing services much um, um, broader than that. And if you want to find more about what they do and what they're capable of, go to EmergeLA.org. And thanks for listening. And tune in next time. We bring in the next um, uh, people doing great works in communities around Louisiana on our Good Works podcast. Thanks for listening.